Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. It's very well known that next to Indonesians, Aussies make up the largest cohort of nationalities in Bali at any one time. But since early last year, another country's been represented in higher numbers on the island paradise, and it has some locals offside. The Russians are staying longer, and they've also set up a few little Russia villages and stuff where they are more visible because they're grouped together. Today, we're looking at Russians in Bali, why they've chosen to flee to the tourist destination, and why some of their behaviour has some locals calling for them to be sent home. But first, in news headlines for Friday, April 21. A month after their devastating loss at the New South Wales state election, the Liberals finally look set to choose a new leader. Former Premier Dominic Perrottet resigned as leader after the election loss, with former Attorney General Mark Speakman now understood to have the numbers to become opposition leader. Mr Speakman is considered to be a more moderate Liberal as opposed to those who are challenging him for the role, including right factionist Anthony Roberts and Alistair Henskins, another former minister looking to run as leader. The deputy role is looking likely to go to Conservative Sydney MP Tanya Davies. She made headlines last year when she caught COVID after speaking at a rally against vaccine mandates outside Parliament. Queensland police have confirmed items of interest found in their search for a missing woman whose remains are believed to be buried in landfill are not related to the case. 78-year-old retired teacher Leslie Trotter went missing last month. Her mobile phone and wallet were found in her unit and her car still in the garage. Investigators believe she was killed the night she went missing and placed in a wheelie bin, which was emptied by rubbish collectors and sent to two massive refuse sites. The search has confirmed that a preliminary examination of items located at the site are not connected to Miss Trotter. Investigators attempting to narrow down the search area at the facility at Swanbank. Elon Musk's SpaceX has successfully launched its next-generation Star Cruise vessel for the first time, but it exploded around four minutes into its flight. The rocket, which stands taller than the Statue of Liberty, took off from the company's Starbase spaceport and test facility in Texas, the crew on the ground hoping for at least a 90-minute debut flight into space, but the top stage of the rocket failed to separate from the lower as designed, making it flip end over end before exploding. Despite the blow, officials cheered as they celebrated getting the integrated Starship and booster off the ground for the first time in what they're referring to as a clean launch. 
The chief of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, has visited Ukraine, where President Vladimir Zelensky has asked for more weapons to fight off the continued Russian invasion. Stoltenberg has offered NATO solidarity with Ukraine on his first trip to the country since the invasion began nearly 14 months ago. His visit likely to put the Kremlin offside even further, Russian authorities stating that one of its main goals in this invasion is to halt Western influence and stop Ukraine from joining the military alliance and join what Moscow refers to as a hostile bloc. Ukraine has now fast-tracked its bid to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation, with other European countries also choosing to join or apply for membership since the invasion, including Sweden, who's still waiting for approval. The future of one of tennis's biggest names is in doubt, with Rafael Nadal to miss the Madrid Open next week, still not recovered from a hip injury he suffered at the Australian Open. The 22-time majors champion has already skipped tournaments at Indian Wells, Miami, Monte Carlo and the Barcelona Open, still getting over the injury he did in the second round of the Oz Open in January. Nadal posted a video online where he explained it was supposed to be a six- to eight-week recovery, but that he's now at week 14, saying he's found him himself in a difficult situation. The 36-year-old Spaniard has dominated the clay court for years and is hoping to be fit for the French Open next month, but he doesn't seem optimistic, saying the injury still hasn't healed and that he can't work out what he needs to compete. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Move by Mamma Mia! is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia! subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Since the invasion of Ukraine in 2022, Russians have been heading to Australia's favourite holiday destination to get away from their country's aggressive war, the economic fallout and the threat men of a certain age face with conscription. Nearly 60,000 Russians arrived in Bali in 2022, with just shy of 20,000 a month heading to the Indonesian island since Moscow declared a partial mobilisation of their military in September, conscripting many men into service. There's also been a bigger increase in Ukrainians landing on Bali shores since the war began, but their numbers are only a tenth of the amount of Russians making the same trip. Now, let's be clear. Australians aren't always on their best behaviour while on holiday, and the Balinese people have somewhat of a love-hate relationship with us, as we spend our tourist dollars while also sometimes being disrespectful to the locals, refusing to wear helmets while on scooters and motorbikes or other usually intoxicated incidents. That's an Australian man doing burnouts on a scooter holding up traffic outside a nightclub in Bali from earlier this year. But Russians are causing some other issues in Bali, so much so that Bali's Governor Wayan Costa has asked authorities in Jakarta to end the visa on arrival privileges from those arriving from Moscow and Kiev. 
there are still Russian tourists who are disrespecting the locals in the same way that Aussies do, like posing in front of sacred sites half-naked, or in the case of one Russian influencer, completely naked, draped across the roots of a 700-year-old sacred tree. But Russians are also working illegally on the island, either remotely for their companies back in Russia or taking physical jobs without a legally required work visa. Last month, the Balinese government announced that they would be forming a task force to target these undocumented workers, which in its first week arrested six tourists, all of them Russian, for working without a visa. Three sex workers, two who were motorbike driving instructors and one tennis coach. They have all been given deportation orders. In February, authorities walked a Russian national out in front of local media wearing a black hood, a garment usually reserved for those who've trafficked drugs into the country, accusing him of working as a freelance photographer. Local tourism operators say they're seeing Russians leading other Russians on guided tours, even though local guides are required by law, having learned everything from locals first, making money out of their knowledge. Some say when they confront them, they claim to be on holiday too, just showing friends around. Instagram accounts have been created by Balinese locals outing Russian nationals and other foreigners who are undocumented workers, posting screenshots of their social media advertising. Some of the accounts get suspended because they're reported by so many of the people they target. One of these account administrators told Coconuts Bali that they do not specifically target Russians. However, many of the reported cases of foreign nationals who are working illegally happen to be Russian, but that they're happy to report Ukrainians, Indians and Australians who do the same. The account admin posted screenshots of DMs from those who've been called out, where they ask why they would show hatred to those who've taken refuge from the war when they're just living peacefully. Emma Connors is the Southeast Asia correspondent for the Financial Review. Emma, from an outside perspective, these headlines read like Russians are taking over Bali and they're there in huge numbers, getting away from the invasion of Ukraine and all that's associated with that. Is it actually that extreme? No, it's not. There's always been a number of Russian tourists coming to Bali. But the story now is they're in the same sort of ratio as they were before the pandemic. So before Bali reopened, but they're just making themselves very visible because they're staying a long time because many of them, naturally enough, don't want to go back to their country. So just to give you some figures, you know, Australians remain far and away the largest group of visitors to Bali. Before the pandemic hit, a million Australians went to Bali in 2019. Traditionally, the second largest group have been Chinese, but of course, they haven't really come back in large numbers yet. But we saw in February, there were 80,000 Australians who visited Bali. They were followed by 28,000 Indians and then 17,000 Russians. So, you know, there's still far more Aussies dropping in than there are Russians. But the thing is that the Russians are staying longer. So there's various issues with overstaying it. And They've also sort of set up a few camps, if you will, in like, you know, little Russia villages and stuff where they are more visible because they're grouped together. But it's really an issue of the fact that, you know, they're not coming for a few weeks and then leaving. You know, there's some perfectly well-behaved tourists, but there are also these now quite visible groups of people who aren't behaving particularly well. Are these people who, and I guess they might be categorised in a couple of ways, some that might have 
decided to head to Bali, especially when conscription became an issue in Russia and who maybe thought they wouldn't have to stay for a long extended period of time and who found that this war is continuing, so don't want to go back. But also I'm guessing there are people who are there who decided to go to Bali at the beginning when the invasion began who also had no idea that they might be stuck there for a length of time. Yeah, I think that's exactly the case. You know, if we go back to February last year, when the Russians invaded Ukraine, no one knew how long it was going to last. Now no one knows when it's going to finish. So you have this situation of people looking for ways to escape the country to avoid conscription. The Russian government was proceeding. And the one thing about Bali is it's very easy to get in. Most nationalities, you can apply for a visa when you arrive. So you can just jump on a plane, turn up, and, you know, the queues are sometimes long, but you will get through. So we had many Russians choosing Bali. And also, you know, Bali's a lovely place to visit. You know, if you're going to go and sit out a war, Bali sounds like a good place, right? So you've had these numbers coming in now for quite some time. And, of course, many of them are now trying to work out how to make money while they live there, which, of course, is against the rules of their holiday visa. And this, I think, is where a source of much of the angst with the locals and, you know, all your visitors who have been to Bali will know that the people there are just, you know, so wonderful, smiling people, very kind, very gentle. It takes quite a lot to rile them up, but some of these behaviours have. You know, we've seen Russians setting up motorbike riding schools, so that's taking away business from the locals. And there's just other incidences of them not paying much attention to local customs. So we're seeing this high-profile deportations of Russians, you know, who have sort of desecrated sacred sites, you know, taking photos of themselves with not too much clothing on and circulated them widely. So there's two issues, really. Well, that's something that I was reading in local Balinese news outlets was that Australians can sometimes be known to not be very respectful of the Balinese locals themselves, especially if they've been drinking a hell of a lot. But some of these papers have quotes from people who say, but Australians and the Balinese have come to an understanding with each other. We know each other quite well. Is it a case of the Russians not understanding the Balinese or the Balinese not understanding the Russians as well as they do other foreign tourists who they see more often? And that is causing that friction? Because I know a lot of online social media accounts have been created outing Russians who are trying to make money while they're in Bali, trying to get them deported. Is there more of a miscommunication and misunderstanding between those two? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. You know, from the Australians and Bali angle, when I was there recently, we spoke to a lovely local woman who was talking about an Australian saying, well, they do know how to party. And it's true. But the Balinese know that that group of people is a minority of Australians visiting. Many Australians go in family groups, you know, extended family reunions or weddings. So the Balinese have come to know Australians. And the other thing is Australians are generally pretty friendly. You know, we smile a lot. The Balinese smile a lot. Smile goes a really long way in Bali. And that is something that perhaps is not so much a feature of Russia, I think. <laughs> The locals who we spoke to were sort of perturbed that they weren't getting that back from the Russians. So it sounds like a little thing, but it's actually quite important. And the other thing they were really cranky about was the lack of tips. So if you have been to Bali, you'll know that the locals don't 
have high wages at all. It's quite, still quite a poor country, Indonesia. And the food is really cheap and really delicious. So, you know, you round up and you round up generously. Now, we've kind of already touched on this, but it's those who are trying to set up businesses or taking work away from locals, which is causing some friction. How is the local authorities cracking down on that? I know there's been some mentions of requests for changes to how they get their visas, and there are some groups have been set up that are now investigating these undocumented workers. How are they handling it? The local, the Governor of Bali has proposed that visa on arrival be revoked for Russians and Ukrainians, which means they will have to apply before they came to Bali. That's unlikely to get up. You know, Bali is so dependent on tourism and, you know, it's also an important part of Indonesian government revenues as well. And they're reluctant to single out any groups. Also, Indonesia geopolitically makes a big point of not taking a stand on the war. You know, it hasn't come out and it's still on civil terms with Russia, let's put it that way. You know, last year, Joko Widodo, the president of Indonesia, did go to Russia and meet with Vladimir Putin, and you don't find many country leaders doing that these days. But what they are doing is trying to educate all visitors to Bali about sort of, you know, local norms and customs, you know, that there's some big billboard campaigns that are happening, sort of explaining, you know, how to behave in sacred sites and, you know, why you will be fined if you're not riding a motorbike with a helmet and just reminding people about the rules of their tourist visas. Emma mentioned that the majority of those recently deported from Bali are Russian, but there are still Aussies doing the wrong thing over there too. Like this woman who went viral recently after a heated exchange with a Balinese police officer who stopped her for not wearing a helmet. The officer tells her, we have rules, to which she responds, I've been here 23 years, and that her helmet had been stolen, shouting at him and others to not touch her things as officers try to get her vehicle off the busy road. The woman, later identified as Marita Leaning Daniel, was one of the two Australians recently deported from our favourite holiday destination. The Russians, who were deported, excluding the woman who posed naked on the sacred tree, were mostly sent home due to overstaying their visas. So does Emma think that Russians will continue to try and stay in Bali as long as possible until this war is over? Or can we expect the Balinese authorities to reach the end of their patience and expel them en masse? I don't think the authorities will begin mass deportations. It's just not Balinese or Indonesian style. They are cracking down a bit from the start of the year to this week. 93 foreigners have been deported from Bali and that included 24 Russians, which was the largest nationality represented. And they are making a point of announcing the deportations and what it's for as a way of sort of, you know, raising consciousness and reminding people that you know, that they are cracking down and they are being watched and they should do the right thing. So I think that's what they will continue to do. Look, I think the heat will probably go out of this in a while. I think many Russians will stay, but, you know, the longer you stay, the harder it gets to keep renewing your visa. So they might choose to go somewhere else. I think, you know, all of this publicity, I'm sure, has penetrated 
But it is quite telling that when you're in Bali and you're speaking to the local people, they will sort of look at you shyly and say, the Russians are no longer welcome here. And I think that's quite telling because it's so um, Balinese to be unfriendly to anyone. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. Big thanks to anyone listening who's become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. For more information, there's a link in our show notes.